Welcome to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. And we're getting a <laughs> very silly voice. Whoops. Who, wait, who's this? Oh, wait, it's Hello. Kate doing a voice. Hello. <laughs> we tried to do a whole episode of us just doing goofy voices. Oh, man. And then we immediately lose and all then, our subscribers. Yeah, everyone leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Oh, crap. <laughs> Uh, even though I'd love to do voiceover characters. What a oh have fun cartoon what characters. What a dream Job. career. Yeah, right? But everything's sort of going natural now. Like you work, you look at like BoJack yeah, in that I mean, world. It's they like, want famous people to be yeah, voice actors. They're not doing like anything to their voices really. Like yeah. I think they're probably doing things to their voices after they record it versus... Sometimes, yeah. Or like, like you, they're going like a little not, gruffer. Like you're going to get... As many, I mean, I'm sure there are tons of people who I just don't know yet, but like, I think of like Billy West or something like that, like voice actors who's like, that's it. They're, they're voice actors only and they're incredible at it. Yeah. Instead of like somebody who's already established as famous and then becomes like, a, they already have a recognizable voice and that's why they yeah, get cast. Exactly. And then they yeah. just change it slightly in the edit or whatever they, yeah. how they have the sound manipulation, I guess. <sighs> I'd take that job. I would take that job in a fucking second. Dream job, dude. <laughs> Dream job. So oh, cool. I love it. And then one day we'll watch those Hellboy animated films and you know. Yeah, dude. I'll play I'll play something. I'll play Baba Yaga. A- <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna do that Spider-Verse, the people that made Spider-Verse are gonna <laughs> yeah. make the Hellboy movie. We will happily Please do voices. Me. We will do it for I will do it for fifty dollars a day. It's pretty low. I'm just saying. That is low. That's why I shot low, and then my agent, Don't. then maybe my agent won't allow it. Have your but lawyer come hired. and talk yeah. to somebody. Yeah. My lawyer will give me a higher bill. <laughs> I'm I'm tricking him. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but what a dream. Yeah, we're on to the second part of the dead, which will be in this episode, chapters um, in issues three and four. But before that, we got a little um, section of hell to pay. <laughs> that segment is back, and we got a little bit of, to cover. These are all comic book um, in the Mignola verse. Um, announcements that have come out. The first one is they're bring. It's another run of the Witchfinder coming. Yeah. Um. It's going to be released on November twenty seventh, the first issue, and then going from there, it's called the Reign of Darkness. The big notable thing from this to take away is that apparently it's going to be that character dealing with Jack the Ripper. Yeah. That's what it's actually. That's the big thing that people are talking about. Is it? That's what people it's love f- Jack the Ripper, dude. Everybody loves Jack the Ripper. I think it's because it's just unsolved, right? People yeah. love things that are unsolved. Still a mystery, and just the grotesqueness of it. Yeah, he was pretty horrifying, right? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know all the details, but he, did he take out eyes? So what mean, he did? I thought Put it was coins. I, I, I remember him cutting people. Probably I don't open. Really know to? I feel like I've seen him depicted in. Uh, like pop culture a lot, but yeah. I I've never really paid too close attention to like, or I haven't in a while. I haven't either. I'm not I'm not a serial killer like enthusiast. Up on that. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's a, like I know about I I I feel like I've learned about a lot of that shit, but it's like it's not I'm not committing it to memory because it's pretty horrifying. Yeah, very very yeah. horrifying. <laughs> if I remember right, I, I definitely think he left them with coins in their eyes, but I could be mad. Could be from any fucking 
Bit of, of fiction freaks. in the world. <laughs> One of those freaks. But yeah. that's very cool. I think everybody that loves them in the universe, you're probably already reading Witchfinder or have. I've only read very little of it. The second thing is to note if you were a reader of The Crimson Lotus, which was a spinoff um, from a character, the Lobster Johnson, in the Mignola versus Valley uh, a villain, they did sort of like an origin story. Um, and it's coming out collected, or it's already come out, sorry, as we speak about this on July 16th. That's out in the world and it's available for you to purchase. I read that. I didn't love it as much. It could be. You made, did read this? Yeah, I have the issues. It was okay for me. Like, yeah. I don't think it was trash by any means. It wasn't a waste of a time of reading. Yeah. Just for me, it was like with everything that we're currently in the depths of, it doesn't literally add it doesn't equal them as great as i love those stuff it just seems like a different um genre almost yeah like it's very much a detective thing by the look of by like this article rather than like fantastical but maybe it's both i don't know yeah and it's i think it's it might be the same or similar artists I, i'm really blanking now and this is bad on me i think john well i see john arcuti here Min, uh, mindy lee i don't know if that's uh, an artist or a writer and michelle madsen I mean, that's cool. They have like women working on it. Yeah, I think stuff. it's, I, I, again, I don't think it was a bad read. I just yeah. think it didn't, it didn't capture me as didn't much as I expect as the, yeah. it to be. Yeah. I love this cover though. The, the covers, I think cool. the covers are the best fucking part of the whole run. Yeah. And the covers are beautiful. Yeah. The inside art is just not my absolute favorite. Yeah. It, it reminds me of like the spirit revamp that was from like a few years ago. Oh, okay. There's like, like the cartooniness. I kind of lean, I don't hate this. I, I lean towards this a little bit. I think. You should borrow it. Yeah. I think you can I, borrow the issues. I would totally read this. Yeah. Again, I don't want to be like a discouraging from it. I no think way. you yeah. should pick it up, especially it's part of the, the whole Hellboy universe. So cool. But they, they finally released it in like a collected nice. collection. So pick it up. Hell yeah. Um, and then the last thing was a cool, just like how we've been, even though they officially like sort of ended BPRD and Hellboy in these last, they're doing a lot of these one shots that are coming out. Uh, we've spoken nice. about them and I've gotten the last one. I think you borrowed it. Did you borrow that? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Or, 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 or yeah. Did you read it yet? Not yet. Oh, that's okay. okay. <laughs> um, but they have another one coming, which is really cool. Um, which is called Hellboy and BPRB long night at the, at Golski Station. Yeah. This is coming out the day before Halloween, so it's very cool. And they they've released a cover of it, and the cover I think is classic, awesome, fucking simple art by our man Mignola. Yeah. I like it on this like usually it's on a black background. I like this sort of like gray stone kind of field color that they have as the background here. I think that makes it it's really neat. I'm with you. I think it's a great cover. Yeah. We got colors by Dave Stewart, of course. We always love him. Yeah. And then Matt Smith. Um, I don't know the Matt Smith is uh, very well, this Matt Smith. I've seen him post about how he's super excited to be part of the Mignolaverse. I like the idea of this artist is super excited. He says it's a dream to be working with Mignola. Oh, yeah. So that's very cool. And that's coming in October. It'll definitely be something I pick up for Sweet. sure. Yeah. And also on the wiki fandom, I got confused, but it literally is, they say, not to be confused with the other Matt Smith, who's also worked on uh, The Killer in My Skull and Abe Sabian versus Science. Yeah. So it's really strange. There's Matthew Dow Smith. And then Matt Smith, but they both are, they yeah. can be very confusing. Understandably so. Very much so. But <laughs> either way, very excited for this new story coming out in Halloween. Yeah. 
But that's it. That's it for Hell of Hay. It's a lot of just things in the Mignola verse and, that are coming and things we can um, get excited and anticipate reading nice. in the future. I think it's very cool, very exciting stuff. So Hell again, yeah. get if you haven't picked up Crimson Lotus and you liked it or you were waiting for the collection, go out and get it. And then add Witchfinder if you're a fan of it to your holds. And definitely, if you probably, if you're listening, you probably already have Hellboy and the BPRD in your holds. And we can all can't wait for that little October <laughs> gift <collect>. coming. <laughs> but that's it for Hell to Pay. Before we take our break, where are we? Can you just give us a little quick synopsis of where we left off with the dead? Yeah, yeah. Um, Kate, so, to our, for our listeners. So basically, well, oh, and I'll, I'll tell you too, of course, uh, written by Mike Mignola and John R. Cutie. Illustrated by Guy Davis, colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley between November 2004 and March 2005 for the original publication date. Nice. And then um, part one. Yeah, basically the monsters are spreading. Daimyo is introduced as a leader in the of the of the team. They move to Colorado or wait. Yeah, Colorado. Colorado. In the mountains. And um and kind of discover that something is running amok within that facility that kind of distracts them from the frogs for a minute. Specifically, it's distracting Johan. Yeah, Johan. And, and Ben doesn't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. He's clashing with Liz. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like that situation. And then there's also Abe going to explore and find out more about Call, who he like saw in a vision. So he's going checking out the former home of call and or his former self. Yeah. His Ooh. former self and a and, wife named and Edith? discovering Edith. Yeah. <laughs> who flung herself into the ocean and apparently is habit habitating in the house in this like creepy old mansion. That's like haunted as shit. Very spooky shit. And then, uh, meanwhile, back in Colorado, they come across this little guy that's been feeding mushrooms meat down in the, Sub basement yeah. for who knows how many years. We're about to find out. Yeah, German with bottle cap glasses. Yeah, with crazy ass glasses. Crazy ass glasses. I love it. It's big eyes. Um, but we're gonna jump right into that. But we're just gonna. This is the you know. We're hell. We're just gonna take a quick break, real fast. Yeah. Because this is sort of like the top of the show is a little teaser. Not much <laughs> to say. Hell pay or, uh, but we're gonna recap. But we'll be right back. And we'll get right into the pages of The Dead, Dead. chapter three and four. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, everyone. I'm Holly Laurent, and I have a new podcast called Mega. Each week, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Ross Kimball and Greg Hess. It's a fully improvised podcast existing in a fictional mega church called Twin Hills Community Church. Each week, we have a different comedian on playing a new character who works at the church. You can find us on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, church is about to get a whole lot funnier. Welcome back to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, host by me, Mark David Christensen. I mean, Kate Thompson. That was a quick little top of the show, probably our shortest ever. <laughs> yeah, I think we just we, set a record. <laughs> we set a record for before we took a break, but it just came out of habit, I think. We didn't know, I don't even know if we needed it, but yeah. we took it, uh, because today is a crazy day. And we would love to hear from you guys if you can tell our insanity, because we're filming. We're filming. Filming. See, I'm already losing my mind. (laughs) We're recording a lot in one day just to stay ahead of the schedule. Yeah. But it's a day of the dead. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But now we're stepping right into chapter three and four. 
good takeover case. Yeah, dude. So uh, right away we have the cover for chapter three, which is in the same format as the previous ones, like as a lot of the, the BPRD comics that we've seen by Guy Davis so far, where it has like one larger image taking up like two thirds of the page and or like three quarters of the page and then the like smaller kind of panel that he'll insert at the bottom. It's been a while since we've had a swastika on the cover of one of these. And yeah, it's, been right a while. Back. it's like, oh, oh, Nazis. You thought you were going to get away with a, a comic with no Nazis? No. <laughs> this Here is Hellboy are. universe. Yeah. There's Nazis involved. Yeah. It is kind of alluding because like so far in these two it's surprising and alluding to a lot because so far we, in these previous issues, I would have never suspected Nazis. I would have suspected something more like it really, even though we know Nazis are a big uh, component of these stories in the past, I really, it's funny to be felt like getting a curveball and being surprised by a swastika on the cover of this issue. You're like, Oh fuck. Of course. Like, why didn't I see that coming? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, it's with that ger- behind that German man who we still don't know anything about other than that he's been hiding away with shrooms. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, it's, we have two classic characters, right? Yeah, we got Cronin And what's that short and, guy um, that got beat down? Son beat of a it? damn gun. I really... I hate when I forget their names, too. It's the Let's worst. Let's pretend that we don't. It's Cronin and my main man. Very short, has bad posture. Leopold. Kurtz. <laughs> but yeah, he's behind him. So we're like, uh oh, it's very connected. It's like, but it's interesting because just off the cover, what we're doing is it's integrating it into the previous stories, even though it's so far in the future. Similar to what we discovered with Abe in the, the previous chapters is that his lineage with as call connected directly to Seed of Destruction by having association with Cavendish. Yeah. So it's just like, oh my fuck, everything's just all coincidence or not it's all entangled with each other yeah and below that we got this cool sort of interesting that like in the previous ones it was like a split between abe and the bprd this one is very much this these nazis on the top with this weird uh bottle cap um character then below is like Johan and the Machines, yeah, which is alluding to that, but also the coloring is also in a fun way alluding to Abe because we're not leaving him behind in his story. Yeah, yeah, it's like don't don't forget <laughs> this guy. I mean, you know, this guy's up to no good this much. Yeah, just right. Looking at this, um, <laughs> you know, like it's like you see all the fire and the smoke and it's like, okay, shit's going to start to really pop off in this issue here. (laughs) Next page, um, at least in the omnibus edition that I'm looking at has a little frog. Yeah, they have uh, mine too. Okay, cool. Cause I'm, I'm going digital for these. I don't own them. Unfortunately. Um, it's pretty cool. Just a fun little thing to be like, Hey, Bignola was here. (laughs) I love the design of those little frogs for the, the omnibuses. Yeah. This stuff. Cool touch. Keeps the tone of the whole thing like intertwined. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So we, it starts off, we're looking into the eyes of the scientist that has been feeding mushrooms and tacking away on his, uh, his, uh, typewriter down in the basement. You know, he don't look so good. His eyes are big. (laughs) They look, um, you know, like his pupils are the size of his entire like iris. Like they're just enormous. Yeah, it's like he's fucking high. Like, yeah, it's like looks, the equivalent. You'd be like, you know, this guy's it's on like, It's like when you, it's like when you, like how they showed the kind of fish with no eyeballs. It's like 
he's got these huge pupils. He could probably like see in the dark by now. Like he's been down in that darkness uh, for so long. Or he stole those fish's eyes. Be, he's like, well, he's like ev- ev- evolved in a way. Not, not like maybe necessarily like actual literally evolved, but he's, he's, he's adapted used to it. Sure. He's adapted. Um, and Liz and Daimyo are talking outside of the uh, room where he's being kept, apparently. Johan is in the sub-basement just checking it out. And he's like, Daimyo's just like, don't forget, we got frogs to kill, okay? But we don't know what Johan's going to find out or anything like that. They kind of talk to each other, assuming that this guy is insane and like can't hear them. Like He was basically speaking German, but in gobbledygook. Yeah. Like nonsense when... They went to check him out initially, but then by the end of this page, we find out like, excuse me to, uh, excuse me to say I am not insane. So I guess I don't think he's talked at all yet. No, actually. I think he's been silent, right? I think he was like speaking in like tongues in German before. Like they say, what did they say? I thought it was just taps. I'm pretty sure he hasn't spoken yet to them in their presence. We might have been. Oh, able- he says this guy's just babbling nonsense. Oh, like Johan spoke to him. Oh, okay. says he's babbling nonsense. I see. So Johan's just. Yeah, but he hasn't spoken to like okay, Daimio cool, or cool, anything. Cool, 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 cool. And like, and then that's the first time he does. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> like, I'm not insane. <laughs> yeah, I'm not insane. <laughs> um, and then meanwhile, down in this creepy ass sub basement where Johan's checking the place out. He's kind of like making notes. He's like recording notes to himself, um, which is a great way for, you know, us to also understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, He's just kind of looking at this huge machine. He's like, that's not really my department. Um, There are letters written into the wall. Vorschicht. Vorschicht. Yeah. Like it appears to be like a name, but, you know, we don't know yet. Attention is what it translates oh. to. Attention. That's, I don't know. I don't know. Either. I don't know the significance really. I don't know. If somebody wants to but like still, enlighten it's a mystery, us on it's that. a clue for, for Johan trying to piece together what has occurred under the hair. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, scratched into the wall, but then, uh, I guess he does see that really shortly. Like he continues to look around. There are all these files that apparently, you know, the cabinets have been, they're all like locked shut and he's makes a note like, yeah, we could probably open them. But then all of a sudden one opens on its own, like it clangs open and the same thing. Vorsik is written there. Yeah. Attention. Attention. Look at this. Something's helping him. Yeah. Some, something's going guiding. on. That's like kind of guiding him. Yeah. Then cut back to Liz and Roger and Daimyo talking to this scientist, just kind of saying that he's been like isolated. And he thought when, Roger and Abe, or excuse me, Roger and Johan showed up at first that the monsters had taken over. This guy knows what I'm saying. And he like gestures to Daimyo, who's Liz is like kind of clocks that, Uh but doesn't really say too much more. And Daimyo's like, okay, you're, uh, you're not nuts. Maybe you could tell us what went down. Then your little hidey hole. Like he's trying (laughs) to like shake him out. He's like being bad cop. (laughs) Yeah. Roger's looking at the notes. Like this guy's like, I've been taking notes and doing research. His notes are all just like punched through pieces of paper, (laughs) which at first I didn't understand. But then in in a couple pages, like Daimyo relates to Liz, like his typewriter has just been punching holes in paper like his. It's been broken for like years and it hasn't he hasn't been writing anything. He's just punching holes in paper down there. He's he's a lunatic. Right. Um, 
But he does start to explain to them. Yeah, and he says his name. Yeah, and he's Dr. like, Dr. Gunter. Um, yeah, what the hell? Yeah, Dr. Gunter yeah. Ice. And he was a Nazi scientist helping them work on the space program. We kind of see a little glimpse of Rasputin for a second oh, here. Oh, anybody? So, yeah, so he was working on some top secret Nazi shit. And then we see a little glimpse from like who we saw on the cover. We see Leopold Kurtz. And Cronin uh, there. Yeah. Just kind of talking about All how he was sort of like aware of these other things and like, but he was working with the Nazis before Project Ragnarok and all that stuff. Yeah. And then basically like once the Nazis had lost, he was brought to the U.S. to work on their scientific endeavors. He says, um, but true science knows no borders. It has a, no political position. In 1946, the next great challenges were to be found here. So he like kind of talks about how he came to the U.S. to start working. He makes it sound like it's like, I don't care about being a Nazi. It's it's fine. Like, but that's also like that's also kind of a suspect point of view. It did happen. Like they did bring like German scientists did come over to the U.S. Yeah. to like work on shit here. But it is still like questionable morality. It's like, well, then you don't care who like on one hand, it's like science knows no borders. But on another, it's like you don't give a fuck about the implications of these discoveries right. or the things that you are inventing down here. Repercussions don't mean anything. Yeah, to you it doesn't matter. It doesn't serve matter. science. Everyone is is fodder for whatever. Like it doesn't, yeah. you know. And so he talks about how he was working with uh, a scientist who's working on alternate energy and the shit just went wrong in the fucking sub basement exploded. You see like this cool kind of shot of it's a very uh, light John engulfing them. Kirby machine done in it's it, a very Kirby in Guy Davis's style, but very like yeah something I would assume big like was, you know like wire kind of like these like I, I don't I don't even know how to describe this coils maybe yeah, coils and stuff yeah. like that. It looks like something to me that's out of a. Uh, Reed Richards's laboratory from the original run of yeah <laughs> fantastic it's a Four. giant <laughs> massive machine and they just turn it on and it fucking kills everyone <laughs> fucking vaporizes sealed that sub basement they shut. all get Doctor Manhattan but they yeah. don't come back <laughs> yeah everybody's if ev like evaporates except for him by a miracle I survived. And he screamed and screamed. He couldn't get out. And they were like, how the hell did you survive down there? He ate mushrooms and spiders. And then he's like, good soup, which any soup would be good after <laughs> yeah. decades of eating mushrooms and spiders, I guess. So, yeah, they're kind of like still talking to him. He's like saying he's got his research and his notes and everything. And then Roger and Liz kind of talk about like the math doesn't really add up. He should be like 85 years old and he looks kind of pretty good and they're like yeah. must be some mushrooms <laughs> um, no sun so yeah so they're still a little like suspicious yeah no sun it's really good for your skin saying <laughs> locked in a sub basement for years and years yeah <laughs> um yeah so that's still, a new that's like, a new diet people are just locking themselves yeah, up in basements just pale <laughs> um so some some fishy shit is going on with it very don't much know yet because it's, it's, it's interesting, and he's so willing to give up information, so right. you're like... He's like, yeah, like, I'll oh, be honest with you, but I'm just a little old man who got locked down yeah. there. I'm not a Nazi anymore. I worked for Americans. <laughs> yeah, and then cuts down to Johan inspecting a, a book that he apparently found in one of these files, I guess. And then speaking of, this kind of ties into our... Uh, hell to pay, because we see him examining these old photos, one of which is Crimson Lotus... 
Yeah. Outside of Moscow back in 1942. What I love about these and having only the knowledge of like just reading about these com these BPRDs and now finally getting into them for the show. Yeah. Um, you know, you can fault me for that, even though I'm a big Hellboy fan. But a lot of what you're seeing in these pages are setups for what yeah. we're going to be down the line. Definitely. It and feels it's like it's so like cool. here's a little like rogues gallery of who we're going to meet coming up like Black Flame. Either is that the thing's name? Is their black flame coming off of this thing's skull? Yeah. Like, is I love that, that it has a question mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like black flame circling um, photograph during experimental flight of flying wing. So there's like a lot of like it alludes to a lot of these like deeper histories and stuff like that. Um, sort of these like government files that yeah. are down here. An unknown shot moments before an explosion in New York City. With like a tentacly looking sort of eerie long hand creature, yeah. crimson lotus, like a woman with a apparently like a little monkey, but with a baby face. Yeah, that's something that's in the. If you borrow that, you'll you'll okay. you'll, you'll get to know those. Is, okay, cool. I sadly don't know. I only wrote. I'm he's she's uh, a lobster Johnson like villain. I think cool. directly. Yeah, and don't spoil us, listeners. You can inform us of stuff, but don't spoil us about all those stories. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh... But it, it yeah. is that thing that monkey with the face is fucking scary. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> creepy. Yeah. So and there's also a page ripped out. So that's fun. Gives you a little bit of like mystery. Somebody ripped one of those uh, photos out of there. Another creature crawling out of the ground. Um, another the steel hawk after capture in 39. So I would assume another Nazi. Yes. Um, not only because they're being apparently captured by what appear to be like American police. But it's also like a sort of Darth Vader contraption around their neck. It looks like to me the combination. And just the glasses. The yes. glasses, you know. I think you're right. The glasses. These the are hats. Nazi glasses we've established in Hellboy at this point. A hundred percent you're right. Yeah. I think it looks like a combination of Darth Vader mixed with the the Nazi villain from uh, who they never say the name in the movie, but I I don't know his name. He has a name, but they never say it in Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, yeah. It's like a combination of those two. Yeah, it's like they saw <laughs> they saw that and were like, "How do I get my eyes to not melt out of my head?" Glasses. <laughs> um, and then we have another cool shot of like a giant robotic looking creature getting like blasted by, um flamethrowers seemingly to no effect. I love the colors in that photograph. Yeah, that, it's really that, neat. Uh, Stuart does. It's so cool. It's very cool. It just captures like early, I don't know how he did it, but he just captures like early photography and all of these. Yeah. And even the colors are so cool. Yeah, love it's it. like faded <laughs> images. And then, uh, yeah, Daimyo approaches him asking him about, he's like, yeah, pretty wild shit, huh? You can ask your countrymen downstairs. Like he's like, not like fully accusing him of anything but he's just like yeah I'll go ask that other German guy about it calls him a nut yeah just saying like we'll take care of that and then we'll just get right back to work and Johan's like maybe not not so fast and walks out and as Daimyo tries to follow him he walks into the corridor that he just walked down to talk to Johan yeah and is face to face with this one of these huge fucking machines apparently the machine from flashback that we saw yeah like and it wasn't there with before. a skeleton manning the like cockpit of this thing and it's pointed right at him. So he like stops in his tracks. Yeah. And it was, it appeared so suddenly like how the fuck did it get there? And it has a little skeleton man. In yeah. There. It has a little skeleton operating. Yeah. <laughs> piloting this shit. I love it. 
So yeah, what the hell's going on? And then it cuts over to our Dr. Mushroom sneaking into another part of the facility. He has a fucking ring of keys. That's not good. <laughs> no. Who, who let him have that? Always yeah. had it all along. Yeah. Opens up a locker with this like light emanating from it and just like casts itself onto him and he smiles. That can't be good. Yeah. Um, uh, real yeah. quick, I wanted to say what I really love too about that daimyo and johan scene leading into this moment with our professors that daimyo is really trying to it's interesting he is he's sort of doing like hey you were right like yeah i like he's trying to do like like uh what's the word i'm looking for like he's trying to apologize in his own way of like saying hey you were right. I kind of, I should have listened. I, I sort of blew a top and thought it wasn't important, but yeah. you're right. There was something down there. He's going to be okay. But Johan is so unarticulate and caught up and uh, up when whatever is happening and there's more to it. Yeah. That he doesn't, he walks away. So it just causes more of a riff. Right. It's just fun for the story. Yeah. <laughs> Cause normally Johan's so receptive. He, yeah. And- he, he like, he typically is, this is uncharacteristic of him. So it makes the reader be like, well, what the fuck is going on with him? He's yeah. like really acting not himself here. Um, Love that. Yeah. And then it cuts to like Daimyo kind of explaining like, listen, this guy's a nut job. This machine showed up in the hallway in no time flat. And it's going to take the whole like BPRD wrecking crew to break it down for like a half an hour. Meanwhile, we see Johan working on you like soldering, working on this machine pops in a piece that he's fixed and it whirs up to life. Um, and we see Vorschicht again, like attention, Johan, basically. <laughs> uh, oh, a beware. Okay. 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 Uh, sorry. I forgot about that. So it literally translates to attention, but it's beware is the translation. Ah. So beware on the wall, beware on the file, beware on this like screen that Johan wakes up once he l- fixes the machinery. That's oh. down there. I do like the idea of though, of it translating it being attention because he probably sees beware. So that says a lot for Johan. Like he's still even going past the bewares, which is interesting. Or if it translates as attention, it might be like, God, I'm trying to think of it in both ways of like beware, but also attention. Cause we know where this goes a little bit. Right. Yeah. Of like, does, can it, tra- I'm sorry. I'm like lost in that idea. It's like, yeah. is it, is it a tricky thing of like, you can translate it one way or the other. So beware would be like, don't look here, but attention is more of like, come, come like, look, take a look at this thing. Yeah. I, yeah. And it could it go seems either like way. Yeah. That's interesting. This both because it is like, cause where we know it's going to end up is like, it's a, cause right now we're thinking, Oh, he shouldn't, he shouldn't you could easily see it as like, he shouldn't go in there. He shouldn't do this. He shouldn't tamper with it. But in the end, it's more of the idea of attention because Johan's going to use that to help. Yeah. yeah. I, know, I know we're talking in vague because we're not to the, the, the later chapters, but it's like, you just have me think thinking that in that translation. Yeah, I think that's cool. That's like it's a cool way to look at it. Because it's like interesting because sometimes in translation, I, I wish I could think of a storyline that's more more closer to this. But like there are storylines where like, a translation can be like, well, we translate it this way. It says this. And then somebody else comes. He's like, actually, no. The meaning of the, the meaning implication is this, is this other is this. thing. Yeah. We shouldn't have come here. It is cool. <laughs> like I, I do when reading these, especially there's so much German being spoken in these ones. Like yeah. I, it made, made me wish like, like at some, you know, when Johan gets like caught talking to the machine in German by Liz and like, it makes me be like, I wonder what I'm missing here. Like, 
whenever I see like a movie and it's not translated, but it's in another language, I'm like, damn, I really, I bet I would be a lot. It, it would just be like fun to know. Like they, they're not telling yeah. you for a reason. It's not like totally essential, but it might be fun to know what that translation is. I agree. And there's, a, and, and I also like it when I don't know sometimes. Right. Right. It's, it's just cause I wouldn't like, it's like, and you, they're not revealing it for a reason. Like you don't know that for a reason. Yeah. I was recently rewatched Inglorious Bastards cause I randomly re I listened to an interview with him about that movie, Quentin. Mm-hmm. And I was rewatching it at the very beginning of the movie before they start translating actually, um, Christoph Waltz characters. Yeah. I keep thinking I'm, I'm forgetting his name, you know, yeah. who the great character in that he gets out of a car and like has interaction with his, like his, like other Nazis. Yeah. And it's all, it's not translated. And I was like, that's interesting that they chose for that little, like small naturalistic moment to not be translated. Yeah. So there's that warning again, beware of what, and then we see in the reflection of the screen that Johan's looking at, these men, these scientists, you assume. And at this point, we know that German scientists were brought to America to work there. It makes sense then why they've been speaking in German and why Johann's able to talk to them and everything. He's talking back to them in German. And then as he reaches out to like examine it with his ectoplasm, these ghosts just like come forward and they're pretty gruesome looking and pretty scary yeah, they're almost like I've already mentioned this before, but like Raiders of the Lost Ark, very much so. Yeah, like white, whited over eyes and like melty kind of skin, and the ghosts just like burst out throughout the entire facility. Daimyo tries to shoot at them. Basically, I knew this was gonna happen. <laughs> like he knew something was up, but it is like funny because it's like, did you know this exact thing was gonna happen? Like, yeah, I love. I don't that. think so. And also, that leads like right before the the ghosts come out when. When he's talking about that machine appearing, yeah, he's like, "This is crazy." I just came through this way, this way ten minutes ago. I love Liz's response. She's like, "You get used to it." Not that yeah. I still don't question some things. Yeah, like she's sort of like going, "Like weird shit happens." Yeah, in this, this is like par for the course. <laughs> and then this happens, and it's like, "Fuck, yeah, should have known, should have known. I shouldn't have gone along with I had this a e- creepy feeling. God damn it." <laughs> Um, and then it cuts back over to Rhode Island again. We see Kate kind of trying to get to the house, but it's all flooded. She can't get there. So Abe's on his own. He And a storm is kind of brewing around the house. He's still sort of enthralled by this ghost here. He still like sees this vision of a warm library and she's trying to like get him to stay. They can't find us here. Meanwhile, like the reader is seeing that she's this like, like falling apart corpse kind of hugging him saying my love he drops the photo of edith and then it goes to black so things aren't looking great for abe he seems to be fully in the clutches of this thing and that's the end of the third chapter and we don't know where where it's gonna go again like such a great cliffhangery kind of area. Yeah, I love it. And I love it. It's just, it ends on Abe, just that slight little sliver of more. Mm-hmm. And you're like, uh-oh, he's being entrapped by whatever this. Right. It's At working. Least- like her kind of seducing him to stay. Like seducing isn't the right word, but just like convincing him like, stay here. It's so much better here. It's so much easier here. Uh, I love you. And yeah, he's kind of letting himself go with it. All right. And then we see the next chapter coming up. Chapter four. The cover has finally Liz, Johan, and Roger all like together, unified, exploring together um, some like winding hallway while we see like the ghosts 
that Johan has seen kind of emerge from presumably the ghosts of like the German scientists that were working there. Um, yeah. Sort of like creepily emerging from the top, like the ceiling. Yeah, they're like almost dripping down yeah, they're from like the ceiling. tights or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's like, like shroom uh, growth on the side of yeah, the corridor. Yeah, like buggy kind of like little creepy crawlies coming out of it. And then the only thing, I, I like this like nice stark black and blue image at the bottom is uh, Dr. Gunter. Dr. Mushroom, Gunter. Gunter Mushroom? <laughs> <laughs> I forget. I just keep calling him Dr. Mushroom, mushroom. in my mind. Gunter, um, like call me Gunter With his crazy mushroom. glasses, his signature Nazi glasses. Yeah, giant pupils. Mm -hmm. Giant pupils, <laughs> so creepy. He's looking very, um, yeah, very like fish-like or something. It starts off like, by now, it's ramped up and it starts off with, a hallway full of fire and then swirling, screaming ghosts. <laughs> yeah, it's so... It's, we Shit's just bad. just jumped right into it. Yeah. yeah. Shit's so bad. What did I say, Sherman? What the fuck? What did I fucking say about this? Like, <laughs> Damio's like, see, this is bad. <laughs> and then Liz is like, stop shooting it. It won't do any good. Like... A ghost. Yeah, so, I love that so much. That's what's like his solution to shit is to blast it. Yeah. Um, I love this part so much because then he's like, I'm gonna see if I can find somebody to shoot. And as he's walking up, the thing that was like piloting the machine that yeah, the skeleton. bumped in him, the skeleton is animated and starts crawling after him, and he just like shoots a million bullets into it and says, Well, that's a start. <laughs> yeah. So like, and I love that's it, like good. bursts into flames. Yeah, just like, like, I mean, I think he just lights it he up. He lights it up and then it falls into the flames. Yeah, yeah. it just falls <laughs> off. These BPRD agents see the doctor waiting by the elevator. Um, I don't even think these are like proper agents. I feel like they're like, like, uh, yeah, they're just like helping. The, they're there to set up. They're more, yeah, like they're more like, they probably are maintenance guys, uh, more, um, con I'm, I'm, I'm lacking the word of like what. They just don't feel like they're for the field. They're mainly no, they're like, like engineers, like yeah. setting up the like infrastructure of this thing. <laughs> like, what <laughs> the hell was that? Nobody told me about about that. And then, um, hey man, is that elevator working? And he creepily looks over his shoulder as the elevator opens the and gun bugs too. crawl out. Holy fuck! And then like just millions of like disgusting bugs scatter. Ugh. And as they're swarming those guys, he just walks into the elevator. And it shuts behind him. Yeah, they're screaming. Yeah, oh, God, so please. bad. And then this is a fun little bit where we see Roger and Daimyo kind of exploring together, looking for Johan. And he's calling him kid again. Like, it's it's sort of establishing them as, like, they like each other, yeah. it feels like. Like, what do you think, big guy? You think you can budge one? I'll try. Like, he pulls them apart a little bit, enough for them to peek in and see that... Um, Johan's there equipped with some sort of machinery that we haven't seen up until this point. He's been like dismantling this computer yeah. to construct this sort of like Ghostbusters looking, but like on fucking steroids with like, yeah, it looks you know, like steampunk influence on it. It looks very much like a one man band scientist. Yes, like yeah, that's <laughs> such a funny way to put it because it's that big. It like protrudes from his back so much and he's speaking German. You don't know what he's saying. You don't quite know what he's doing and roger's just like i think there's something wrong with johan like <laughs> he's like something's up um and while they're sort of talking about it like 
I love like Daimyo just being a little sarcastic, like, well, it's good to know you're around if we ever need a psychic, like, <laughs> you know, so that's a funny banter with them, like almost like action movie kind of like buddy cop banter. Yeah, that's growing. They're um, growing on each other. Yeah, it's nice to see. And then the ghosts scream past them into the room with Johan. It sounds like they're hurting him. Daimyo's blasting his gun into there. Like in between the crack. Yeah. Um, Doing anything you can with that gun. Yeah. So they're just like on the move. Liz is talking to the BPRD guys who explain that the bugs came out of the elevator and then the old guy went in like almost like he was waiting for them. And then Liz kind of confronts Daimyo again. Like, what's your problem? You act like this is my fault. And he smushes a bug against the wall and just like grab every every agent you can find in this joint and like they're going to go down and inspect basically yeah so he's like get ready we're going and then in rhode island the storm is just like really picking up lightning's like right on top of them um and abe is like fully in a trance basically yeah um yeah edith's like stay with me langdon stay with me forever and it's things are looking bleak like water's coming right up to the house crashing against it Mm -hmm. and it was sort of implied by the cop in the last issue that like you know the house has survived storms before it might survive this basically like we don't know what's going to happen like it's an old house but it might come crashing down around abe we don't know and then it cuts to a shot of i forget when we were what we were talking about the the spear of we were talking about hellaboy yeah. Hellboy the movie, they reference it. That's the right. The of Destiny. So we see a shot of that. And like, since we were talking about it, it uh, I immediately recognized yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And like on top of it being like a Nazi scientist, it's like, okay. But he has sort of finagled it to be part of this contraption that he has on his back, kind of similar to the one that we saw with Johan. Daimyo and the rest of the BPRD agents rush up to him. He sort of explains like, you know cool it i have what would you call it the spear of destiny (laughs) and they sort of like have this sort of back and forth for a minute but then somehow the doctor has like crafted this machine to make it almost this like lightning weapon it like gathers energy and just blasts everybody yeah blasts all these agents knocks liz out roger absorbs a lot of the energy and the scientist kind of like explains that he knew that was going to happen. Like he's saying like, I knew what you were and I knew that you would absorb the energy and now I'm taking it back. And he like instantly like sucks it back into this uh, spear of destiny machine that he's made. It's like, nobody's smart enough to understand like the whole like super villain kind of situation. It's like, I've outsmarted you all. You'll see this is all for the, this is all for the good. And then he explains that the Nazis used biblical things as well as like these um like nefarious demonic kind of things he's like they also have like the like christ's robe and his and the spear of destiny it was discovered and taken here and that's why i got this job here the other all my colleagues were suspicious and when they started tinkering with my work it exploded and that was the real story of like why that area had collapsed as opposed to that like alternative energy story that yeah, he, he kind of bullshitted to, before. Yeah. And he's like, ex- I was tinkering with shit and they yeah. just shouldn't have touched it. They shouldn't have touched that. 
Because it blew them up. <laughs> and then he takes the Spear of Destiny and explains that he's basically going to o- open a portal to heaven. Everybody's been trying to open a portal to hell. So it's interesting to see like, I, this is going to be great for everybody. Paradise will be here. It's going to yeah. be amazing. So he's like blinded by that and thinks that he's going to basically bring heaven to earth. But I mean, if you're looking at the Bible, that's like the end times, I guess. Yeah, like it so- still sounds bad. Yeah, it's like, that's not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one way or another, not supposed to be here. Yeah. <laughs> and he but start- I do love how he's like, and it's not a matter of faith. The kingdom of heaven is real and knowable place. Yeah. My calculations and my visions have shown me the Elysian, the Elysian fields and the six-wing seraphim. Yeah. Creek, that creek. I thought was so cool, too, because if you look at, like, biblical descriptions of different kinds of angels— they're kind of scary as shit. Like they're, <laughs> yeah. they have like six wings or they're like, one is like completely covered in eyeballs. And like, one is like, it's like really bizarre shit. I forget all their specific names, but it's uh-huh. like, if you look up these certain like echelons of angel, like these weird kind of like, it's very much like the Bible taking probably from like other non-Christian for influences, sure. but it's it's really neat. Like look, Google that shit; it's very fun. Awesome. Um, so that's what he th- he's like. You guys are gonna thank me when I open this up. It's gonna be so great. And he <laughs> starts his machine, and suddenly he it's like this tumor, this like growth comes out of his chest, and then he just fucking explodes. Like he is like torn to shreds, inside out, <laughs> yeah, laid open, and this that's grotesque thing crawls out of him. This very like insect looking creature, Daimyo and Roger are like, what the fuck? And then this is the first, uh, um, he doesn't really do splash pages except for this. Yeah, we end on a splash page. Yeah, we end on this. And it's like this kind of like weird cocoon kind of like insect-y thing, which I guess you could construe as seraphim because it has like, it appears to have many wings which like wings is being used in a really generous sense. It's like these kind of ethereal tentacles and a huge glowing fiery staff or spear Yeah, and a bizarre mask, like a super simple mask. Yeah. It looks like it's wearing like, or it's head mask, whatever it is. It looks like, like a big, it just looks made of iron. Yeah. Like a metal of yeah, some sort. Yeah, it looks sorts. like simple, like crude metal. Sort it has of put sort of a cross figure in it. And it's just like larval and gross and like just a great monster. Oh, like, wonderful monster. With similar elements from what we've seen from BPRD and Hellboy before, but in a really, in a cool way that's like, oh, this is a new thing. Yeah, it's like, oh, this still lives in the same world as Saduham, but this ain't yes. very vastly different. But Yeah, this is from a different dimension or something. Yeah. Like another kind of place. Yeah, it's like it's like a it's like certainly not an angel in in any sense of what you'd consider like a Christian <laughs> angel. Yeah, it's similar to like how you can like look at our animal kingdom in a sense, and when you include insects, it's like yeah, they're vastly different from like a mammal and whatnot. But yeah. structure wise, they're they're like legs and stuff are all in the same almost same place, right? Yeah, if you think of it. Yeah, but something's different between a mammal and an insect. Yeah. And that's what this seems like. Oh, so Duham's structured this way. This thing is structured this way. Yeah. But they clearly live in the same world. Yeah. Something, They're just different species. Yeah. It totally fits into this story, but it's like, oh, you're freaky. Yeah. You're, you're new and different. And that's very fun. And I love that he ends on that wild splash page. It's Guy so Davis cool. Arcudi. And it's like, oh, there's so much fun stuff in these two issues. Yeah. I love them. It's, oh, 
and God, I mean, we really are seeing, like, we saw the monster, the, the frog monsters, but this is like the real sign of like what Scott Alley and like Mike Mignola have talked about in like their forwards of like Guy Davis is the best in the monster biz. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is truly both the monsters in this, whether it be this fucking angel thing, Seraphim, and or Edith's monster form, it's like, damn, vastly different, vastly scary as hell. Yeah. And creepy and grotesque. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. I love it. Any favorite uh, favorites from this the, in the panels? I mean, I do. I mean, that splash face is disgusting, but I, I <laughs> do like it. I think just the probably like the Abe and Edith stuff is pretty cool. Like, I like how she's sort of, like, easing him into it and, like, hypnotizing him. I think I like those pages. Like, her gnarly teeth, probably that, like, panel where, at least in the omnibuses, page 110, where it's, like, her, like, lipless mouth and his mouth close together. And she's, like, almost got him. And it's really looking bleak for him. Yeah. I like that one a lot. It's great. Um, page 87 might be like a pick for one of my faves. It's just when, uh, Daimyo comes, uh, directly in front of that big machinery. Yeah. I just think it's such a perfect, you, even though we're not looking at his face, the way that guy yeah, has put tell, his body, you, can, you, you know, his tell expressions like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. His mannerisms are like really, or his, um, like pose there is good. Yeah. I love that. I think the machinery is just so cool. I love the little skeleton. I don't know. It's just perfectly framed. Even the angle that he's grabbing at, and you see a little bit of sliver of the wall on the left. Mm -hmm. It's so in flow again, which I constantly think Guy Davis just has nailed down is like from the top two panels of walking with like I cinematically, my eye constantly just is flowing. It's like the camera's moving with the panels are moving with our character and it's so well done. That I just think that panel is brilliant. It's awesome. And I love it. I love what you can convey with that, even a single word in a panel. It's beautiful. And I just think this last, like, chapter four, like, dialogue-wise, I think Daimio's killing it in this. It's Everything he says is so fun. Yeah. And just, like, I get a lot of my laughs from, like, his... What's that you got there, Nazi boy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's so funny. Oh God. I love like the interaction between him and Roger with like, I don't have a, he's like, shut up and give me your sidearm after he's like, what good did that do? Shut up. Give me my sidearm. I don't have a sidearm. What does any, why does everybody think I have a side, <laughs> yeah. a, a gun? Don't worry, kid. Next time somebody asks you will. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Like, it's like, we gotta, I'm going to whip you guys into shape here. You got to be ready. Yeah. This I know shit, you, you are been. used to punching, but you should have that just in case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, all of that is just so fun. Yeah. Like a love. He is in a new character and you're making me immediately love him as much as the ones I've spent so much time with. Yeah. It's, uh, and then I don't know again, the flow and everything is just so magnificent. It leaves you once again with a giant cliffhanger of like, what the f and we know it's coming to a close. Even if they had just picked this up, you know, this is going to be a five issue. It's like, what the fuck? How are they going to get out of that? Yeah. How is Abe? It's left you in such perfect place of cliffhangers. Yeah. And wanting more and wanting to see where and how he concludes the story. Totally. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it's so fun. So good. 
Can't wait to get some more of it. And we want to hear what you guys have to say about it. Yeah. Please email us anything, your thoughts about the story of the dead, about these two chapters or wait until we finish it and hit us up then. Or if you have any other questions or anything for us um, as hosts of the show, you can email us at ah crap, a hellboy podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. As well as you can go ahead and you can follow us on Instagram at Aw Crap a Hellboy Podcast, as well as on Twitter at Aw Crap Hellboy. And please give us a review um, on wherever you listen to your podcast. Just give us a review, subscribe to the podcast, bring others to the show. As well, um, if you are on Apple Podcasts and you give us a five-star review and it includes the word boom in it at the beginning of your review... We're going to go ahead and we're going to read that review and praise you right here on the show, which leads me into this week's (laughs) Boom Reviews. (laughs) Boom Reviews. Great. This one comes from, it looks like it was just days ago, which was Friday, I believe July 19th, 20th. We'll never know. Whatever. It doesn't matter when the review comes in. It matters about what the review says and who said it. This comes from Ian, even weirder, weirdner. He's emailed us as well, but this is a review he's put in. And it's it's called Boom! Ah, crap! (laughs) Really drawn out. (laughs) Love it. Um, Asterisk. Hello, Hellboy2004. Broom voice. (laughs) That's what he wants. (laughs) I hope I can do that. It says... What is it that makes a good podcast a good podcast? Is it their content, the way things start, or is it something else, something harder to describe? I didn't find Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast. They found me. Being an amateur artist on Instagram means I use a lot of I use a hell of a lot of hashtags to get noticed. And I got a like and follow after a quick doodle and excitement for the 2019 movie. I then looked them up on Spotify and quickly fell in love. Aw, nice. Yes, thank you. From MDC stumbling over words, honestly, to Kate giving amazing insights to the artist's vision of Mignola, listening to these episodes is more than finally having friends who care about Hellboy as much as I do. These are beautiful, sincere people who I know Hellboy himself would love to sit down and have drinks with them. Nice. That's very flattering. Um, and we would. We'd love drink. Is that Hellboy. is it narcissistic to make that the right hand of draw? <laughs> no. Save Hellboy it. sitting down with us. Hellboy sitting down with us. We'll, we'll reiterate that, but that's podcast. what it's going to be. I don't think it's narcissistic okay. at all. This is the best Hellboy podcast out there because more than any other podcast, these guys care about their listeners as much as they care about their podcast. Thank you all for thank you for all of your hard work, guys. I love you. I love you. Thanks, Ian. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, that was a boom review. I <laughs> uh, love it. <laughs> Your sound effects just make me laugh and they're perfect. Okay? <laughs> yeah. A quiet explosion. <laughs> but remember, you can boom. also get a shout out if you give us a five star rating uh, that with a review that starts with the word boom. Yeah. Um, but that does. That great review leads us right into our, our closing um, segment, which is hashtag right hand of draw. Yeah. Go for it, Kate. Be narcissistic. I did have a different <laughs> thing, but I think that's what I'll make it. I'll be like, if we if we met Hellboy, forget, we met Mike Mignola. He was great. But if we met Hellboy, 
I love I that. guess what that scene would look like. Would we embarrass ourselves? Would we cry? <laughs> would we be lying down on the ground and Hellboy would have to back away slowly? I have something like that. Or maybe he's like saving us from being eaten or something. It's up to you. I love that. Yeah. Well, I would love to see those drawings of us, your hosts, <laughs> Kate and MDC meeting Hellboy. Yeah. Uh, show us those. Real flattering drawings of you and me. Yeah, and do your best. <laughs> yeah. Do your best to make us look great. <laughs> to make us look awesome. <laughs> and then remember, if you choose to draw up a picture from this right hand of draw or any in the past, when you post it on Instagram, please tag us at Aw Crap a Hellboy Podcast, as well as use the hashtag uh, right hand of draw. Yeah. We'll see that. We'll repost your picture on our feed so more of our followers can see it and they can follow you and you can gain more fans yeah. and you can become a famous artist. <laughs> a That's famous rich artist. A famous rich artist. <laughs> That's what we hope for for anybody yeah. out there. But that's it, guys. Flying through these, uh, the dead BPRD, because we love them so much. It's almost hard to really dive into it without just being constant praise. Yeah. But we hope you're still enjoying it along with us. We're enjoying it. We love sharing our excitement with you. So we'll be back next week with the final episode in this story's arc, uh, The Dead Part 3, which will cover Chapter 5. But until then, thank you for listening and we love you. <laughs> Ever wanted to hear from the neighbor at nine Cloverfield Lane? Or what if I told you that Dr. Loomis's worst patient wasn't Michael Myers? I'm Adam Peacock, host of the podcast, My Neighbors Are Dead. Join me each week as I talk to the lesser known characters from your favorite horror films. Each week is an all-new, fully improvised journey into the unknown featuring friends and luminaries from the worlds of comedy, horror, and beyond. New episodes every Tuesday on Campfire Media. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Campfire.